What's going on, podcast family? Uh, Spencer Davis here back again with another Church Voice podcast episode uh, here with my co-hosts. Tyler Rhodes, what up? Yeah, yeah. So we're back with another one this week. Um, I don't know why I said, yeah, yeah, like I'm on the radio. <laughs> like this is an R&B radio station. Uh, yeah, hey, the love situation. <laughs> we do joke around about that. When did that happen? You said that in a, you said that at a, at a impact night, didn't you? Or something. Oh yeah. Something about y'all, something about y'all's love situations. (laughs) That was so cringy. (laughs) What were you even talking about? I was talking about like relationship with God. Oh. And how, (laughs) you know, human relationships can be like made in the image of that, but nothing can replace it. And I go, look, I mean, all y'all trying to figure out your love situation in here. <laughs> and they lost it. Well, I should say the leaders lost it. They yeah. thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The students just stared into my soul. Like love situations. Yeah. What are you saying right now? <laughs> <laughs> and I and, and I said, yeah. I said, that's an R&B radio station somewhere in the world. <laughs> and the leaders lost it again. Right. And Welcome the students, of course, are just still staring at to me. To the love situation. So yeah. Um. anyway- Let's not get off on. If anybody on, wants to know what being a youth pastor is like, yeah, it's what yeah. it is. That was that's a clean like forty two year old statement though. <laughs> like that's like a forty two year old like it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Anyway, sorry. Um. So yeah, we're back with another podcast. But listen, here at the Church Voice Podcast, all right, it's all about building the body of Christ through a variety of voices, and how we do that is by drawing on uh, voices from church history. So. We've got another church history voice for you guys today. But before we get into our episode, obviously, we want to shout out our sponsor, all right, our supporter. Okay, so we are completely sponsored, supported, and recorded here at Christian Center Church, um, 530 East Island Road, South Bend, Indiana. So check us out at christiancenter.org. And you can check us out uh, if you go to watch and listen. You'll, you'll find the podcast. You'll find pastor sermons and see what we're, what's going on here at the church. So uh, yeah, and also our producer and director and editor who makes us sound so great every week, Austin Lance. Um, uh, he's on staff here at the church. Um, great, great, great guy um, and does a great job here on the podcast. Yeah, so. this man works miracles. He really does. He really does. We're going to say that every week because every week we have something for him to to delete out oh, of the 100%. podcast. So um, we sound so good because of him. Yeah, so let's we're gonna get right into it because I think we've got uh we've got a really significant figure. Not that the 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 figures that we've brought on before are not significant, but this is a guy who I'm really passionate about. I know that that Pastor Tyler, you've kind of adopted just recently within the last maybe 48 hours. Yeah. A bit of a passion about this yeah, guy. Reading so, about him, studying up on him. I didn't know a lot about it. I had yeah. heard of him a lot. Yeah. But I, I had never really read up on him and studied him until until we were preparing for this yeah. podcast. So yeah, yeah I, I'm a fan now. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go buy some of his material. Yes. So this is a real like to me, he's been so impactful in my life, a real literary figure um, in, in the church world. And so it, his name is Watchman Nee. All right. Watchman Nee, exactly how it's how it sounds. Last name N-E-E. Watchman is exactly how it sounds. So um, Watchman Nee, if you haven't heard about him, check him out. But Pastor Tyler, go ahead and tell us a little bit about this man, because I know you did the bio 
just to get to know him a little bit more. So tell us what you were able to dig up about Watchman Nee. And I'm sure I'm going to learn something because I, I I don't know a lot of the history. I know a lot of his of his writings and, and I've read some of his books. So tell us about him. Yeah, I really went into this bio blind because mm-hmm. I, I didn't know. I mean, I knew he was from mainland China. And I knew he was a prisoner and ultimately died in prison and suffered a lot for the gospel and wrote a bunch of books. Like that's all yeah. I knew about this guy. And his story is so interesting that my bio, first of all, it's three paragraphs long. Okay. But <laughs> it would have been probably six or seven. Yeah. Had you not cut me off and yeah. said, okay, dude. Right, right, right. <laughs> you've you've got to just you've got to just nail down a couple yeah. of points. Yeah. So Watchman Nee, here we go. Here's some of the interesting things that I dug up. Um, He was born in China in 1903. Um, And then when he was was 17 in 1920, a Chinese revivalist named Dora Yu, we're actually going to get back to her later because there's some interesting things about her. Yeah. Dora Yu uh, was invited to hold 10 days of revival meetings. Uh, What's interesting is that uh, Watchman Nee's mother went and attended the first night of the meeting. And when she got home, uh, she apologized to Watchman Nee for an act of unjust punishment that she had levied <laughs> against him. Did I say that weird? No, no, no. I just think that's funny. Oh, like she, she goes to this meeting and she's like, I've been wrong. Yeah. You know, she comes back and she's like, yeah. you know, the way I punished you, that, that yeah. just wasn't right. And well, and what's funny about it is Nee was so impressed mm-hmm. with what had happened that he went to the revival services the next night. He's like, what happened to my mom? I know. I have to figure out who changed my mom. She comes back and apologizes. He's like, I need to go to this place. What are they doing? (laughs) That's so good. So after he gets home, so nothing happens in the service itself. What happens is is once he gets home. So I'm actually going to read this next section from his own personal testimony of, of what he wrote. So it says, on the evening of the 28th of April, 1920, I was alone in my room, struggling to decide whether or not to believe in the Lord. Mm. At first, I was reluctant, but as I tried to pray, I saw the magnitude of my sins and the reality and efficacy of Jesus as the Savior. As I visualized the Lord's hand stretched out on the cross, they seemed to be welcoming me. And the Lord was saying, I am waiting here to receive you. Realizing the effectiveness of Christ's blood in cleansing my sins and being overwhelmed by such love, I accepted him there. Previously, I had laughed at people who had accepted Jesus. Mm. But that evening, the experience became real for me, and I wept and confessed my sins, seeking the Lord's forgiveness. As I made my first prayer, I knew joy and peace such as I had never known before. Light seemed to flood the room, and I said to the Lord, O Lord, you have indeed been gracious to me. Isn't that so good? That is so good. That's that's one of the most beautifully composed conversion stories I've ever read. Yeah, and you've read a lot. 
And I've read a yeah. lot. Yes. A <laughs> lot, lot of stuff like this. Yeah. And a, a lot of historical biographies, yeah. autobiographies, all sorts of stuff. Well, it was so funny because I went into your office and like, and I'm like, oh, how, how's the bio going? And you're like, I, I can't help. It's so beautiful. I, I, can't, I can't help but put it in here. I'm, I know. I'm like, how do you leave this out? Like, how do you do it? You don't. You yeah, don't. exactly. It was, it was so we didn't put it in there. I didn't leave the next part out either. <laughs> After his conversion, <laughs> uh, Watchman Nee desired to be trained as a Christian worker. So he first attended Dora Yu's uh, mm. Bible Institute in Shanghai, mm. though he was still a high school student. Now, and like I said, we were going to return back to her because this was the woman at whose revival meetings his mother was converted. Yeah. And she became a revivalist. Yeah. And then Watchman Nee is converted at home after the second service. Oh, his mother became a revivalist? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So she would travel around and wow. preach and was trained as a Christian worker as well. Wow. Yep. What's interesting, though, is that he goes to he goes to Doryu's Bible Institute, but he was dismissed due to his bad and lazy habits, such as sleeping in late. Really? Does that even sound like Watchman Nee? No, I mean, you, not at all. You look at the output, and like I was telling you earlier, I looked at his collected works. Yeah. 76 volumes. That's a lot. Not 76 works. Yes. 76 volumes of works. Right. And I was, I mean, I was looking at that, and I was like, look at the output. I it, mean, how do you- It's a lot of content. How do you, how does that much come yes. out of you? Yeah. And yet he was dismissed from Bible school because he was lazy. Wow. It's like, are you kidding me right That's now? That's crazy. Crazy. So he knew that he had to improve that character. And so he ended up finding a British miss missionary named Margaret Barber. And she became his teacher and mentor. Uh, and Nee would visit Barber on a weekly basis in order to receive spiritual help. And for the next 10 years, up until she died, um, she really gave him a lot of spiritual direction. Mm. So after this, Nee began his ministry of of writing, preaching, training church leaders, church yeah. planning, all sorts of stuff. And um, there's so much more that oh yeah that we could share, and I'm sure we'll get to it at some point. Yes. that we'll share about him again, and we can talk more about suffering and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but the, we always do a fun fact. Yeah, and really, out of what I've read so far, which is such a small portion of his overall story. It was interesting to me how every influential person in his life was a woman, hmm. that it, it was women that God was using to change the world. Dora Yu was a revivalist, and she was actually converted at the the Keswick Renewal Movement yeah. in England. If, yeah. And we've talked about Keswick just a little bit. Mm -hmm. A lot of people credit Keswick with being influential in the spread of Pentecostalism. Yeah. So Dora Yu you is can't a, say the spread in 2021. You that's can't, you, true. You can't, sorry. <laughs> the growing influence. <laughs> so she was a Pentecostal revivalist. Yeah. And at her meetings, two revivalists spring up out of that, mm. Watchman Nee and his mother. Wow. So to me, that was just a, a beautiful testament of how God uses women. Yeah. And sadly, because of of poor... Bible exegesis. So, so many times men have cut women out of the church. I'm sure yeah. at some point we'll, we get it, would get into this topic. Yeah. But we've cut women out of the church almost completely. Well, but, anyway, and when you look at, and not to get into this, but mm -hmm. when you look at the church worldwide and when you look at missional work worldwide, evangelism world, I, I mean, like there's a lot of impact by very 
influential women in, yes. in the church. And, and we talked about Lady Darcy Maxwell, you know, and, and it goes on and on. Um, in fact, there's an episode that we're going to do very soon on, on, uh, a woman from Australia that, that, uh, that really had a huge impact in Uganda. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, overall it's, I agree with you. So that is an interesting fact. Yeah, it is yeah. very interesting. Yeah. So we're going to get into our conversation and, and I thought, so how this came about was we were having, we, me and you and I have, have been having some conversations about this. Um, and, and so one of the readings of by Watchman Nee came up as we were talking and, and I couldn't figure out in my mind where it was, but I, I did find it. And it was, it's from a book uh, called The Prayer Ministry of the Church. And so he talks about um, in the book, a lot about how prayer is work. Like prayer is a ministry within the church. It's not a, it's not a secondary thing. It's a primary thing for the church um, at, at large. And, and it has to be a focus. So, but that, and if you want to check that book out, it's a great book, short read. A lot of his, a lot of his books, a lot of his published books are nice and short, but like they are so packed with, with, with just such deep insights, Yeah, you know, and he, the way he breaks down different portions of scripture and it's all biblical, like it's, a, he's not just like rambling on about stuff. He's breaking down scripture in such a deep way. Yeah. Like I'd be interested to have, like, like if he had a commentary, it'd be so good. It'd be very interesting. Yeah. And the little bit that I've read, mainly from the book that you have yeah. with, with the quote that you're about to share that comes from the word I would use to describe it as dense. Very it's dense. short, but so yes. dense that yes. you read a few paragraphs and you're like, all right, let me stop for a <laughs> second and make sure I soak all this in. Yeah. Some of his books took me some time to get through. Like, I believe it. It, it just because it, it you, you wrestle with these concepts that, cause he's very pointed, like it, a lot like yourself, <laughs> you know, really pointed, very teacherly, but also very um, just very brutally honest about these concepts that he, that he really writes about. So, it, but in, in the prayer ministry of the church, he kind of starts the book and he's studying Matthew 18, um, verses 18 to 20. But, but where we're at in, in the portion of the book that we're going to share is, is actually from Matthew 18, 19, that he's, he's really breaking down and he gives three principles. And the second principle is harmony in the spirit. So what we want to talk about is harmony in the spirit. And so he's using the verse, um, again, Matthew 18, 19, where it says, again, I say to you that if two, uh, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. So he's breaking down this verse and he writes this um, in, in, in that chapter or in that section on that second point, on that second principle about harmony in the spirit. He writes, keep in mind that prayer is not the first thing to be done. Prayer only follows on the heels of harmony. If the church desires to have such a ministry of prayer on earth, each and every brother must learn to deny the life of the flesh before the Lord, else the church will not be effective. And so I want to use that quote to open up a conversation about harmony. 
and and not just harmony and reference to prayer because what he's saying is that is that agreement is this deep it, it is far deeper than than me saying hey i want to pray for south bend indiana and you say oh i want to pray for south bend indiana too and we come together and we pray on that that's that's not what he's talking about he's talking about deep spiritual unity and harmony between the two individuals that are praying because that that harmony is what's required for the answer and so in reference to prayer within the church and in 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 community with with our brothers and sisters there has to be a breakdown of the flesh and of these these fleshly things that cause disunity and disagreement. It's not even that I have to have a problem with you um, necessarily. It's not even like we can get along, but if we're not in, and, and he talks about this in the book, he talks about being in complete agreement. Like, utter, like and he says it very pointedly, like, no, you agree on on everything. And not, not, not in a sense of that you don't, you don't have different viewpoints and everything like that, but there is no disunity between you and your brother who are who are praying for this specific thing. So he talks about that that being what predicates this this God the Father answering what the two of us request, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I know that we have had, and I want to get really personal about this yeah, about this topic because. I know that you and I have had to work through some things um, but between us mm -hmm. in order to get to that place of unity. And here's the thing, we have seen such fruit, not just not just in our relationship, but I think just within within our individual ministries and yes. within within the team, even be, because of the things that we've had to work out. And not even just you and I, you, me and uh, our executive pastor, Pastor Scott, and, and it's not just about me, because I know you've had to work out things with him yes. and things with me, but we've seen an exponential amount of growth, I think, within all, within everybody that we've had these agreement conversations with. And so I just want to talk about that because I know that it was, I think it was, it was right before 2020, right before we went into 2020. Yeah. 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 I was, I was going to say winter yeah, in the winter months. So it was December 2019, if I'm not mistaken, because we, you had been here for what, maybe six months at that point, or maybe a year. We moved here in April, so like nine months. So nine, nine months. months so like that. you had been here for nine months, and um, and I, I didn't mind you. I was I was super burned out. I was I was going through a lot. Blah blah blah. This and that personally, but. Within that nine months, uh, when you came on staff for whatever reason, and I had no idea, I had no idea. Uh, so it's it's November. I just got back from Africa. Blah blah blah. And I'm and I'm in this place of of just really just a dire place, both spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And and I and I called a friend of mine, and I'm like, Hey, this is going on. This is how I'm feeling. Da 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 da. And he's like, Bro, you sound you sound insecure. And I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, insecure? Like, that's not what I was thinking. You know, I, I was talking about everything else but that. And he's like, no, it just sounds like you're dealing with some insecurity. And I'm like, okay. So we hang up the phone and this all happened in a day, mind you. Mm -hmm. But we hang up the phone and like, and I just, I go, I go to the sanctuary and I pray. And I'm like, okay, God, he's, he says insecurity. I don't really see that. Where, what, what is that? 
you know, where, where am I, where am I dealing with insecurity? And no joke within, I think within 30 seconds, <laughs> the Lord was like, Tyler. And I was like, what? And, and as I began to pray some more, the Lord showed me that like, as soon as you came on staff, I just started dealing with this insecurity and I had no idea that that was what it was. Mm-hmm. But I had, I had, I had shrunk back. I had disconnected. I wasn't really like trying to connect with you. And it was, I wasn't even doing it on intentionally. It was just something that, that came over me unawares. And so, and I know I'm, I know I'm going on and on, but I want to get to the point because that in that day, I texted you. I said, Hey bro, you got a, you got a second to talk. It was like three 30. <laughs> I was like, right. you got a second to talk. It was the end of the day, right before new year's, we were all getting ready to go on vacation, bring in the new year, blah, blah, blah. So, and, and we had a conversation and I, and I went into your office and I was like, I don't know how to start this conversation, but, but the, since you came on staff, I have, I have dealt with, with deep insecurity And, and so, and we, and we fleshed that out and we talked about it and it was so difficult for me. And I'm sure to a certain point it was difficult for you, but because of that conversation, we've been able to be in agreement and, Mm -hmm. and like, and I'm not just saying that to say that, but Mm -hmm. I have, I have felt that and experienced that with you and, and in other relationships when I have those difficult conversations and we've come into agreement and in this, I mean, this podcast, I believe is a product of that fruit is a product of, of what God is doing. Um, what's going on in your ministry, my ministry, my, my home, my Mm -hmm. family, like, and, and I'm not saying it all contingent, it, it all hinges on our relationship, but I think that we've both experienced a great deal of fruit and we both feel like we're in a, in a overall healthy place because of that difficult conversation and difficult conversations after that. Um, But that agreement is so critical. And so I just, I wanted to be very honest about that because that's where this is coming from. Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to get across is that this is, those are the kind of conversations that are absolutely necessary for the church, capital C, right. to, to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. And, the, and these kind of connections are what's critical in order for God to move. What he's saying is like, it's not going to happen if you guys aren't, like, if we would have prayed for something or like been, like tried to do this project or tried to do the podcast, you know, or whatever, or, or tried to come together on anything, I don't think it would have, I don't think it would have worked mm-hmm. because, because we were still in, in discord, not outwardly, but inwardly. Right. And so I just, I just want to have that conversation because it's so critical. Agreement is, is a deep thing. It's yeah. not just saying we have the same thought or we, we, we think we want to pray about the same thing. It's like, no, we've got to, we've got to be connected and in a, in harmony spiritually you know he uses in the book and i'm going to i'm going to shut up so you can go no you're good yeah. but like he uses it in the book he says it's like music it's like mute like we have to be like <laughs> like you got to be we got to be on the same wavelength we got to be in the same tone i'm not a music guy but like yeah, you know we can't be we can't you can't be in one note and me in another note you know we have to be on the same note same tune same wavelength in order to really accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. Absolutely. And it it reminds me of the early church. Yeah. In Acts, how the scripture consistently says 
that they were of one mind, they were of one heart, they were of one purpose. Constantly. And they were sharing in one another's lives. Yeah. And so to me, oftentimes we view conflict as like a stop sign in a relationship when really it's a green light. Exactly. I remember one time I was I was talking with uh, with my professor who oversaw my my thesis project and him and I were talking and some of the things he was saying, I was loving. Oh man, I'm writing this down. Ooh, this is so good. <laughs> and then there were some things he said I absolutely hated. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it. Mm-hmm. I was too... I was too nervous to say it, which is very rare for me. Normally, I'm not nervous enough in saying stuff. But I was was too nervous to say it. And finally, he said something. And I was like, all right, I'm sorry. I I just don't agree. And he said, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. And that impacted me. That's good. Because I thought it was at the point where we acknowledged the conflict and the disagreement that we could really get somewhere. Mm. And it's funny because the more him and I kept talking – we were saying the same thing just in different ways. Yeah. And so often in in conflicts, so often it's it just comes down to a lack of integrity of the people to really say, I really want to listen to what you're saying, to where you're coming from, and to where we're going. Usually it's not that we can't understand each other, it's yeah. that we don't want to. Mm. And what what was so key about you and I's conversation was your your courage and your humility, your honesty in coming to me mm-hmm. and saying, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm thinking. And and it also took me to be gracious in dealing with what you were saying, yeah. to not view you as a threat in coming to me right. or or to flip my insecurity on you right. or, or, or to be dismissive. Because mm. so often, I think especially people with my personality, we're very dismissive. When we don't, when we don't like something, when we don't want to deal with something, we'll just dismiss it and just move on. Yeah, and and just and not even think about it. But it, it took those things coming together, mm-hmm. and and many conflicts after that. Like yeah. you and I have hard conversations on a weekly basis. Yeah, and yeah. It, and they're not always they're not always you see something one way and I see it another. A lot of times it is, yeah. but a lot of times it's just, we just talk about the hard stuff of life, mm-hmm. confessing our sin, confessing yeah. our weakness, talking about hard situations we're going through. And it's it's all that conflict and all that difficulty is why we feel like we can share in one another's lives yeah. Yeah. and why we believe we are in harmony and yeah. the same in other relationships. And it's it's through those things that we've gone through. But when we view conflict as a stop sign, mm-hmm. we're always we're always going to be divided and right. have discord with people right. because we we don't have the strength and the compassion to move through yeah. those situations yeah. and just be able to sit down and, and talk mm-hmm. like you and I talked for a good hour. Yeah, like it was it yeah. was a long conversation right. because you have to sit there and hash things out. You can't say, well, I'm kind of feeling insecure about this, this, and this. And I'm saying, well, you know, this is this is what I've done that wasn't right. I was too brash or I was too this or I didn't take you seriously enough. Mm-hmm. All right. See you, dude. Right. All right. Yeah. See you later, man. Right. And then and then we leave. Yeah. That harmony takes time. Yeah. It takes time. It takes conflict. And it takes it takes the work of this of the spirit in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much in the body of Christ that we're missing because we're missing this piece on agreement. Yeah. That that we all want to sit around and say, well, we want a church like the book of Acts and and why don't the church look like the early church? Because we're not in agreement. Right. 
Yeah, an agreement, a, agreement that that deep agreement. And here's the thing: we've had, like, we have difficult conversations quite frequently. Like, whether it's, and it's mostly you telling me about me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But, um, but no, we have, we do, we have difficult conversations frequently. But they're but they're not contentious because we we dealt with that initial that initial wall. Exactly. You know what I mean? So so now every conversation that we have is is moving forward. It's not it, it as difficult as things may be to say sometimes, we're we're always moving forward. We're we're able to have a healthy discourse between the two of us because we know, because here's the thing: the way that the way that I handled it, the way that you handled it. In, in a in a big part of this that that hinders the church because here's the thing the only I was I was the one hurting I was the one struggling it was holding me back because here's the thing I could have identified him like oh I'm gonna I'm deal with that insecurity on my own you know yeah it, it, it's and I'm not you weren't the cause but whatever it, whatever it was it it was it was your presence that was causing the insecurity so like you didn't do anything wrong. But well, I would disagree with that. I know what you're saying, but yeah, I'm a jerk. Well, I know that, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like you didn't you didn't do anything to necessarily cause that okay, it, on purpose. I on know, purpose, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah intentionally. Know yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't like you were like bullying me or nothing right. like that. It wasn't that, but but nonetheless, I had to come. I had to come to you, and because that was holding me back. And I think that's something that we've got to understand is that is that 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 discord, whether whether it's insecurity, whether it's anger, whether it's bitterness, whether it's um, gossip, uh, who knows gossip? I don't know. But whatever it is that that's not being said, you can't deal with that just on your own. If there's another like if God gives you a name, if God gives you a situation that you need to deal with, you've got to go to that person. Like and I realize we were going into 2020 and I'm like, Lord, I can't take this into the new year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was literally I think it was Thursday and we had and we were done for the year. Yeah, like it was like Thursday, December into December, right before Christmas, we were done for the year. We weren't going to be in the office anymore. And I'm like, God, I can't go into 2020 with this. And so thankfully I did that, but the way that it was handled allowed us to move forward. Mm -hmm. But again, I think what happens is because we've been hurt by people, because we have, we have had situations where we were vulnerable and we were open and, and someone misused that. I think that um, I think that a, a lot of us get closed off because of those church hurts because, and, and it doesn't even have to be church hurt. It can just be personal hurt, but I'm a firm believer in, in that openness because again, I, I can't, God wants to do something in my heart and in your heart and all of our hearts and especially corporately. And, and if we, if we use those church hurts to put up walls God's not really going to be able to do what he wants to do. And I love what Watchman Nee talks about in the in the in that book. Is he talks about like he's like, "Oh, like oh brothers and sisters, I can imagine what is what is stored up in heaven. I can imagine what has not been brought down from heaven because because of a lack of agreement." Mm. And so, it's so critical for us to deal with those things in a, in a real upfront manner, mm. you know, and 
as difficult as it is, we we have to we have to be upfront because and 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 we're saying all this because again, God wants to do something. Mm-hmm. God wants to do something in the church, and that agreement has to be there, and that harmony just it, it just has to be there. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think this is one of the big reasons that, like we've already said, prayers are answered. But even for the gifts of the Spirit, you know, to be moving in our midst, not just when we gather, but even personally. And because one of the things that we don't talk a lot about as Pentecostals is we don't talk a lot about why things don't happen. Mm. We talk a lot about why miracles do happen. Yeah. Why signs and wonders do happen. Or why that person fell out. Why that person <laughs> fell out. We, yeah. we talk a lot about why financial blessing comes. Yeah. We, t- we talk about why things do happen, but we don't talk a lot about why they don't. Mm-hmm. It's because a lot of times in our theology, we don't even have a, a category of theology for things not to happen. Yeah. And I think that's a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons why these things aren't happening in a lot of our churches and in yeah. a lot of our lives is because of that lack of agreement. Yeah. And it hit me because you and I had this conversation on Monday. Yeah. And on Wednesday, um, I was in our our Wednesday night service and I was I was about to pray and dismiss, you know, everyone in our church to our equip groups. And I said, why don't I said, I'm gonna pray. So why don't you guys just agree with me in prayer? And as soon as I said it, I thought, that's not how that works. Mm. That's not how that works. Yeah. You can't just say, let's agree together. Yeah. What does that even mean? Right. Like, what was I expecting from them in right. that moment? Yeah. All right, Lord, whatever he says, yeah, I'm with it. Yeah. That, that's, that's what we, that's what I that's mean. That's how we use it most that's of the time. That's how we use it. Yeah. It's exactly how yeah. we use it. And I just, yeah. I began to think, you know what, if, if our hearts aren't linked together mm-hmm. by the bond of love, which is what, which is what Paul says, that if, if our hearts aren't knit, he says knit together. Mm-hmm. If our hearts aren't knit together in love, then that that agreement is superficial yeah. and shallow. And so we're going to get shallow results. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things we have to deal with in our hearts. And what's interesting, taking you and I's relationship, for example, and I know other people are, are the same way, is that the the conflict and the difficulty and the, the that pervades in our conversations yeah isn't always it's not always between you and i right sometimes i'm just sharing with you about me yeah. and you're just sharing with me about you right and and we we work through those things and talk through those things together and that's why we can say our souls are in a healthier place mm-hmm. because of the work of the holy spirit in that in that being knit together yeah so that we can share those things because i can honestly say there's there's nothing i feel like i need to say to you that i haven't said no i 100%, like it's not there 100 it's not there yeah and so yeah. so with that that there's such an openness there mm-hmm. that when i do feel like i got to say something to you i just come say it yeah and vice versa yeah and because of that that our hearts are knit together in that way yes that now when we do pray when we do get together um, amazing things happen yeah because of the work of the Holy yeah. Spirit in that relationship. And I think that that's something that we're missing in our churches yes. because when we're, when, when our goal is to see as many people come in the doors as we can and just, you know, Hey, you guys are guests, you guys are consumers in the service. Yeah. Just, you know, come find something for me, for you from our 
programmatic buffet. Yeah. That when that is the goal, and and for a lot of churches it is, mm-hmm. when that's the goal, you're not going to get depth of relationship. Yeah. That's why I love the equip groups that we're doing, and right. so many other churches doing small group discipleship and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is that we have to be intentional. Yeah. About sharing in one another's lives, about being partakers. Yeah. In one another's lives, and one thing. I think that we're missing is the early church gathered so much around the table. Yes. They were always gathering around the table. And it's interesting because oftentimes what they would do is they would share meals together. The scripture calls it breaking bread. Yeah. But it's interesting that they would come together and before they broke bread, they would take the Lord's supper together. Mm. And that the Lord's supper was like the beginning of the meal, the community meal that they would share and that they would share in one another's lives. Yeah. And so what they were saying was, to the degree that we share in the body and blood of Jesus Christ, yeah. shed for us on the cross, to that degree and in that same way, we're sharing in each other's lives. Yeah. And that message to me is so critical mm-hmm. and so strong and so deep yeah. that that we really are one in Christ. Right. That's what that's what Jesus prays in John 17. Oh, yeah. He says, Father, as you and I are one, mm-hmm. I pray that they may be one. Yeah. Like that level of agreement. Yeah. That level of harmony. Yeah. That's, that is our aim and that's what we're looking yeah. for. Well, and that level of understanding of one another mm-hmm. and that, that, <laughs> that level of knowing one another, you know, again, I think that per that conversation, we've gotten to know one another more than, more than I, I thought, I thought possible. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, Hey, we just Same. work together. That's cool. You know, mm-hmm. but like to know one another is a whole different, it's a whole different deal, you know? And so again, going back to that, that one unforgiveness or insecurity or whatever it is that you've got to deal with has to be dealt with. And, and you have to f- confront that head on. And then, and then two, like, I, and, and I'm just going to share this just cause it's, it's on my brain. But like, it's interesting when Jesus, cause right, right after this, Jesus talks about dealing with conflict within the church. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you, if you have anything against your brother or if your, your brother sins against you is what he says is, um, he says, go to him, go to him directly. And he gives us those instructions. And he says, you know, if he still doesn't agree with you, cause here's the thing, if you would have been like, Hey bro, like you're tripping, da, 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 da. Yep. I would have had to bring somebody else and say, look, man, like, no, this is what I'm dealing with. Not that you did anything wrong, mm-hmm. but we gotta, we gotta figure we this out. We have to it. figure this yeah. out. Even mm-hmm. though like, again, you didn't like sin against me. And mm-hmm. I think I haven't studied that like in the original language or anything, but that, that sinning, sinning against you to me, I take that as if I have any problem with you at all, like if there's anything left unsaid, if there's anything that needs to be dealt with between you and I, I got to deal with that. So he says, okay, if if that doesn't work, bring two or three more. If that doesn't work, bring the whole church. And, mm-hmm. and if they still don't agree with you, treat them like a blah, blah, like a Gentile or like a tax collector or whatever. Yep. And, and basically that's saying like, treat them like a sinner and still love them. Cause obviously we love, we love, we love the Gentile and the tax collector. Obviously they're not, they're not ingrained in that community with you. But then he says, he says, where two or three are gathered, I'm in the midst of them. So what he's saying is that, is that, okay, when you, when you go to address conflict, Jesus is in that. Mm-hmm. He is in the middle of that. And so like that has to be our aim is to, is to face these things 
as soon as humanly possible and immediately so that the enemy has no room to work and we can put Jesus right in the middle of that situation. Because here's the thing, when we gathered, me and you, he says we're two or three are gathered, yep. I'm in the midst of them. When they're de- He's saying when they're dealing with mm-hmm. conflict. So thank God that Jesus was in the midst of our conversation. You know, he was in the midst of, and, and if if I had if I would have had to bring more, he'd have been there too. So what Jesus is saying is that this is of critical importance mm-hmm. and I am with you. My presence is with you. I'm in the midst of you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm working that out with you. And it's so critical for us to understand that because Jesus wants that kind of harmony for his church. He wants that kind of oneness. And I'm I'm so sick of, of us playing God and trying to like guard ourselves against human beings. Cause here's the thing. If I, if, if we're in agreement about Jesus, you are my brother and my sister and I have an obligation to be. And and here's the thing. I go extreme with it and ask my wife, it makes her mad. But like I I've, I've found health in that. Like I go extreme with, I, I, I joke about it, but like I feel like I tell on myself about something every day. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> uh-huh. I'm, I'm just, I, I want to communicate what's going on in my world with somebody, you know, because if I don't, then I'm, I, I can make up situations in my head. I can make up lies in my head. My heart will deceive me. And, and again, I'll be in disunity. I'll be in, I'll, my, I'll be unhealthy. And, and again, it just, it's just this snowball effect. So when I have these conversations, I know Jesus is there and I've the spirit moves in those instances. And so we have to understand that God, this is what God wants for his church. And so like, and and we, we use this, we use this God and, and in American church, we're, we are all so separate. Uh, everything is separate. You've got your family. I've got my family. We, we, you know, you got your place. I got my place. You don't come to my place. I don't come to you. You know, like, like I got, you know, we're not, we're not all, we're not all together on everything. And so here's the thing. We don't share our lives with one another. So why should I feel like I need to share anything that's deep going on with me, with you? You know what I'm saying? Because that's our, that's our culture. That's the American that's the American way is that you get you get yours and I get mine and I'll keep mine and you keep yours and we'll be good. But that's not how the church is meant to function. I don't believe right. that. Agreed. I don't believe that because you don't see that. Again, going back to the Church of Acts, you don't see that in the Church of Acts. They share their lives together. Why? And here's the kicker, because they shared everything. Yep. They shared everything. They could. That was all the family that they had, you know, and, and, they, and I'm I'm going to let you I'm going to let you go. But like. For for me, and I, and we talked about this on Monday as well. Like the church is my family. Like like you are my like when I say brother, I I mean that to like the core of right. me, and I and I have to. Mm-hmm. And anything that hinders that, I have to deal with that because there's no reason that you shouldn't be like a blood brother to me. Right. Because that's how critical it is for us to be in that right relationship, in that brother and sister relationship. So we got to stop saying brother and sister in church if we don't mean it. Exactly. If we don't mean it as as though they're blood. You know, like 
I had a conversation the other day with my brother. My brother, and and just to be candid, my brother is is he's he's incarcerated right now just for for a short period of time, and and he's he's gonna have to come out eventually. And I told him, and and he want he was talking about staying with me, and I told him, I said, I love you as my brother, like we, we you know that, but but because of because of the family that I'm committed to, the family of God, that you know the body of Christ. I said, if if you're on blood brother type thing, I, I I can only help you so much because I have to make sure that my resources and my heart, my time, my energy is available for my brother and sister in Christ. And I know that's extreme, but if you look at Jesus, he said, he looked at his family. He's like, yo, who is my mother, my brother, my sister? He said, those who do the will of God, mm-hmm. that's who my family is. And so we have to have that extreme of a mentality. So again, going back to agreement, if I'm if I'm if I'm around you, if I if if I call you my brother and there's discord between you and I, we gotta address that. We do. Just like I gotta address it with my family, because that's where health comes from and that's where the will of God, that's how we get to know the will of God for our personal life and for the church at large. Exactly. I, I want to read the words of Paul here in Ephesians 4. He says this: Therefore, I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. This is, this is about to mess people up. With all humility and gentleness, mm. with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the wow. spirit through the bond of peace. That part of me walking worthy of my calling wow. is bearing with you in love yeah. and with others in love and and me making every effort yeah. to keep the unity that is in the spirit. Yeah. Because he goes on to say there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Mm. I mean, that to me was just such a powerful way to to kind of capstone the conversation yeah. is yeah. his words is saying we as individuals cannot 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 live a life worthy of the calling we've received if we're not bearing with one another in love and if we're not making every effort to every, keep the yeah. unity of the spirit yeah. through the bond of peace every effort yeah. making every effort right you coming to me in that conversation was you making every effort mm. to keep the bond of the spirit yeah or the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace yeah and that's what bond of peace means. Peace yeah. doesn't just mean tranquility. Peace means wholeness. Yes. That we are keeping that togetherness, that harmony, the word we've been using, that agreement, that is in the spirit. That's not in relationships. Yes. It's in the spirit. Yes. Because we all have one God and Father of all. We have one faith. We were born into one baptism. I mean, everything in the Christian faith, everything we do, baptism, communion, everything, it all speaks back to that unity that's in the spirit. Yes. And when we make it radically individualistic, we're missing not not just part and parcel of the gospel, yeah. but we're missing what the scripture is all about and what the church is all about. Yeah. And so the church isn't about everybody's got the same allegiance to God. Right. It's that we're in agreement with one another complete through that agreement. unity in the spirit, complete agreement, Yeah. like all the way through. Yeah. And it's important that we realize that and that, that this this message of the scripture comes to find its home again yes. in our churches. Yes. Does it seem impossible that we'll be able to get to that point? Yeah, sure. It's, it it totally does. seems impossible. It, it does. 
but nothing is impossible with God. And yeah. we, we know that and we talk about that all the time, mm-hmm. but this is one of those scenarios where we can see it happen yeah. and where through little glimpses, you and I have seen yes. it in relationships with others. I guarantee there's people listening yeah. who have relationships like that with people, yeah. but it's, we need to begin to make every effort to have that kind of relationship with yeah. every believer. Exactly. Because that's where we're going to show the world what love is Yes, and where people are going to come to faith in Jesus because of what they see in us, that just yeah. like Watchman saw a change in his mother, mm-hmm. and that's why he went and gave his heart to Jesus, yeah. and that's why he became who he became, yeah. that in the same way, we will be a testimony of love to the world yeah. whenever we bear with one another and keep that bond of peace. Yeah, and and anything that they ask, it will be done for them. There you go. By my Father in heaven. So so that agreement is, is what produces the will of God. Yep. Period. Yep. Period. So yeah, I pray that you guys are encouraged. I'm grateful that you guys were able to hear our hearts and and um and just about this subject of agreement and and prayerfully we can keep we can keep talking about it and uh you know go even go a little bit deeper. But listen, think about those relationships that you have that are those deep, um, impactful, um, spiritually harmonious relationships. Think about how you can multiply that. Pray about, okay, God, where where are the points of disunity or disharmony in my life? Who are the d- individuals that I'm in disharmony with? And and then and then make every effort, make every effort to to make peace with that. Make every effort to be in unity with that individual, um, and uh, and just be encouraged. Be encouraged because listen, God God has something in store for for all of us, for for you, for for the church. And, and everybody in general, but we have to be in unity. We have to be in harmony. So listen, we love you guys. We appreciate you for listening through this episode. All right. And uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Church Voice Podcast, all one word. And again, check out the church, uh, christiancenter.org. And uh, again, we love you guys. Appreciate you listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>